You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, let's get it. It is Locked On LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, CST, and right here for the Locked On LSU podcast, where we're brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, builtbar.com. Use the promo code Locked On to save $10 off your next order. Updated bowl projections now that the Big Ten is back in the mix. We'll talk to former LSU quarterback Rohan Davey about the LSU-Mississippi State matchup. And part of that matchup, of course, is Bo Pelini against Mike Leach. LSU made four players available to the media. It was quarterback Miles Brennan. And then the three players that had uh, that got new jerseys, Jacoby Stevens, Damone Clark, and Chris Curry. And what was really interesting with the way this line of questioning with the guys went, there was so much of an undertone was about Bo Pelini's defense. And... When the schedule was set and we knew LSU and Mississippi State were going to open, while most people were going to look at Kentucky and Auburn in the opening weekend as the most interesting game, because I mean that's going to be the, the closest spread. There are a lot of big spreads in these games. The most interesting is the one that's happening in Baton Rouge because you've got defending champ LSU, new quarterback Miles Brennan, Bo Pelini back at LSU. you got Mike Leach in the SEC at Mississippi State. K.J. Costello, Stanford grad transfer quarterback. I mean, there's so much... There's, there's just so many storylines and angles that abound in this matchup. And the the Bo Pelini defense is a big part of this. For example, Damone Clark uh, talked about what he likes about Bo Pelini so far having worked in this new defense. Uh, to change the Coach Pelini defense is just like, I'm excited to play in this defense, you know. Uh, like I said, I'm being the Mike linebacker, I'm the quarterback of the defense, and I mean, everything that I ever asked for is just coming. So, I mean, I'm I'm glad, you know, to be in the position that I'm in, you know, and just seeing that Coach Pelini trusting his linebackers to get everybody to line up. And also being, like, being really aggressive. Like, I, like I, this is aggressive defense, you know. Like I said, it's hit or be hit. This the SEC, so, I mean, what you expect? It's so interesting to hear that approach. You, you've heard Ed Ogeron say it so much. You hear it from Pelini. Now you're hearing it from the players. The players, what I've found covering this team long enough, players go into press conferences and so often reiterate things they're told by coaches. Almost verbatim, the things that, that are hammered into their mind by the coaches is what they reiterate. So the hit or be hit, I guarantee you that's stuff Pelini's saying to them. And we're going to be aggressive, fast, physical. That's what Ogeron says all the time. And that's what the players are going to say. And you're going to expect that from the defensive front seven. Now, Jacoby Stevens talked also about Bo Pelini and the variety of knowledge he has about many different defenses. Um, I think Coach Pelini knows just about every defense um, there is. I mean, he, you know, he has his methods. He has his ways of doing things and he kind of uh twists and kind of um edit some of his um his philosophy to I know um to cancel out some of the things that the offense is doing so his, his uh knowledge of the game and his IQ level is out of the roof and um the things that he has me doing has other guys doing this it's some things that you know I'm learning myself I mean I I uh you know, try to credit myself on knowing the, knowing the game and being a student of the game, but I'm constantly learning under Coach Pelini every single day. You know what the, the most interesting thing here in, in that soundbite, I don't know if the same thing jumped out to you as it did to me, 
is where he said, um, you know, I, I'm when he, when he talked about I'm learning different things every day, and my thought was when we when we talk so much about Dave Aranda's defenses, it was Dave is so cerebral and he's the mad scientist and he's you know always thinking of different schemes and so ex- exotic and multiple and all that different stuff. And the idea with Bo is we'll just get fast physical guys to line of scrimmage and have them go beat their man and, and get upfield. That sounded very, which you heard from Jacoby there, sounded very counter to the old school mentality or mindset of Bo Pelini, which is just ears back, go get him. I mean, it sounds like he's far more uh, detailed than that. But obviously, he's always had smart linebackers as well. When we think about back to when he was at LSU prior, when he had Bo, when he had Derry Beckwith or Ali Highsmith, he always had really good inside linebackers, and that's certainly the role that you'd expect Damone Clark is going to fill now. The challenge this weekend for Bo Pelini's defense is unique. I think in in the SEC, it's literally unique. You're not going to face another offense like this with the air raid. So here was Jacoby Stevens on preparing to face Mike Leach's offense. Uh, the, the thing that's uh, hardest about his offense is that he's going to always put his players in uh, in right spots to uh, make plays. Um, he... he um, evaluates his talent very well and he knows what they can and cannot do and he doesn't ask them he doesn't ask them to do things that they can't do so um, he does a perfect job of drawing up plays and drawing up things to put his players to uh, maximize their potential the guy that's going to be most interesting to watch is kylan hill kylan hill at 1300 yards a year ago a lot of people thought Kylan Hill would end up going to the NFL. He decided to come back. And I think the reason why Kylan Hill decided to come back this year to Mississippi State is although he ran for 1,300 yards, Kylan Hill only caught 18 passes all of last year. And when you look at the NFL and what running backs are becoming, it's no longer the plow horse that's just going to ram his head into the line 20 times a game and that's it. Look at Christian McCaffrey. Look at Alvin Kamara. Look at what the more Derrick Henry is a complete outlier in the current day of, of the elite NFL running back. What you're seeing is more guys like Kareem Hunt. I mean, you're looking at guys like that who can be more versatile within an offense. And I think it's very clear that's why Kylan Hill came back is to see how he can expand that part of his game under Mike Leach to then put on for the next level. Clyde Edwards-Elair, obviously. Don't want to forget him, but I mean, that's a giant part of why Clyde became what he was last year at LSU and why he was taken in the first round by Kansas City. Maybe the the seminal play of the season for Clyde last year, I mean, certainly, you know, at Bama, was the was the screen pass that he picked off his off his, his shoelaces, essentially, to get nine yards to keep a drive going, which kept LSU pacing ahead of Alabama. I mean... I I will be very interested this Saturday to see how Mike Leach involves Kylan Hill in the passing game. And that's something LSU clearly is going to have to be ready for. Um, the One other thing, last thing. All the guys were kind of asked the same question about this LSU defense and who's the best pass rusher. Uh, go to Miles Brennan first, Brandon, if you would. Miles Bre- this, this was Miles Brennan when he was asked the question, Who's the best pass rusher on, on the team right now? Yeah, I'd say the two biggest ones are three, really. Like BJ, Ali, and Travis Moore. I mean, those guys have, like, 
I mean, they, they come to work every single day, um, and those are three very aggressive pass rushers that we have. Um, and I think they're all going to see valuable playing time this season. Um, you know, they work really hard. They're coachable, um, and they enjoy getting after the quarterback. So I think they're looking forward to Saturday. BJ is BJ Ojolari, who's a true freshman. Then he mentioned Trevez Moore and Ali Gay, who's a JUCO 6'6", and Adonis. Where do you see him in the uniform? It's impressive. But BJ Ojolari, that's a guy Ed Ogeron, all off season when he's talked about the defense, he can't mention the defense without mentioning B.J. Ojolari, how much they love him coming off the edge. That certainly tells you that's a guy to watch. Now, Miles Brennan just said that. They asked the same question to Damone Clark, and listen to what Damone Clark said. I mean, I, I really don't know. We got guys that we got guys that can do it all, but of course, uh, a guy that I've really been impressed with is B.J. Ojolari. Um, B.J., true freshman coming in. Uh, I, I mean, I, I like B.J. You know, B.J. is going to be a real good talent, you know, each and every day, I see BJ, you know, improving every day, competing every day. So, I mean, of course, BJ as well as Travis Moore, Andre Anthony, and Jarrell Cherry. Uh, Jarrell is a guy that many people don't talk about, but once he get his chance this year, y'all gonna be talking about him too. Jarrell Cherry is the all what do they call the all airport team. He's the guy that you might like get off the bus first. People are like, oh, don't mess with him. But uh, BJ Ojolari. Where's number eight? You will see him on Saturday. Uh, last year, you had Patrick Queen wearing eight, flying around, making plays behind the line of scrimmage. Ojolari's bigger, 6'2", 230. He's bigger than Patrick Queen. He fills out that eight, but that's a guy you could tell. It's not just the coaches saying it anymore. When his teammates are, are asked independently and they all keep spitting out the same name first, worth keeping an eye on this weekend. We'll see if LSU can generate pressure against Mike Leach's offense with that air raid, which typically is timing. Get rid of the ball quickly. See if LSU can uh, generate a bit of a pass rush this weekend. But we're going to get to see Miles Brennan this weekend on the offensive side of the ball. We're going to get to see Bo Pelini-Pardieu at LSU on Saturday as well. Let me remind you about Built Bar and BuiltBar.com, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is Built Bar. You can buy it online at BuiltBar.com. Uh, my wife and I have become customers. We keep Built Bar in our pantry at all times. Uh, I have eaten protein bars Really, my whole life, really ever since high school, if it's a post-workout protein supplement, if it is a meal replacement, if it's a quick breakfast on the go, if it's a late morning or mid-afternoon snack, Built Bar is an amazing way to get that protein infusion that you need, and it tastes great. It's not a chalky, mouthful protein bar that hurts your jaw to chew. Trust me when I tell you, Built Bar has figured out what so many have tried throughout the years. How do you make a great-tasting protein bar built bar did it try it for yourself they have built bar with nuts and without nuts they have all are gluten free and they have 18 different flavors you can buy a box of one flavor you can mix and match your flavors check it out at builtbar.com builtbar.com use the promo code locked on to save ten dollars off your next order March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
We continue locked on LSU, your team every day. So we talked about LSU's defense trying to contain that Mike Leach offense. What about LSU's offense that we're going to see? Gone is Joe Brady, gone is Joe Burrow, gone is Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Clyde Edwards, Elair, Thaddeus Moss, four offensive linemen. You know all that. But in is Scott Linehan. Had a chance, as we do every week, to visit with former LSU quarterback Rohan Davey, who has had the the pleasure of seeing this team practice and scrimmage so far throughout their fall camp. And I asked him a, a lot of different questions about the LSU offense. We started by asking if we can expect things to be any materially different with Scott Linehan replacing Joe Brady. Scott is a pro guy, you know, clearly. Um, I think he brings a, a plethora and a wealth of knowledge and his knowledge of defenses and what defenses try to do do to you offensively. So yeah, he's a he's a he's a plus, man. It's just like when they had a, a old man there from Arizona. Jerry Sullivan. Yeah. Yeah. He brings a plethora of knowledge, man, and knows exactly and he's he knows how to deliver the material to the athlete and you re- and you understand exactly what it is he's trying to convey to you. Where sometimes with some coaches you gotta figure it out. He's very clear and precise how to deliver the information and get and, and to get you to understand and absorb what it, what it is exactly he's trying to get done. But as far as you, because know, from a fan's perspective, I'll tell you, like we all watched that offense a year ago go from what they were in 2018 to what they were in 2019, and it's easy to draw the correlation. And say, oh well, it was Joe Brady. Will there be anything like that with Linehan? Joe Brady out, Linehan in. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I think you're going to see a continuation of what Joe Brady left with the staff, and they're going to piggyback it, probably throw their own little curve in on certain things. But I think with Miles being a quarterback and having played, and he's not the same caliber player as we that just left the position, I think that you're not going to see some of the same things that you saw with Joe. You know, I think you're going to see more. We running a little bit more first and to see where we get to before they open it up and you see the Linehan influence with that. A couple more minutes here with Rohan Davey, former LSU quarterback. For Saturday, both teams are running out new starting quarterbacks. Both are veterans, right? Both are, are guys that have been around college football now into their fourth year, but they're coming from very different backgrounds. Costello's been a starter, but he was at a different place, and so now he's at a whole new situation. Miles has not been a starter, but he's been here for four years. Which guy has the advantage on Saturday? I think that the um, the guy from Mississippi State, and simply because he's played, simply because he stays, simply because he's lined up underneath as the guy, simply because he's practiced the whole week as the guy and all that. Um, Miles's coaches, they have he, they have to do a great job. I mean, so does Mississippi State, but the coaches have to do a great job with Miles on Saturday of knowing what he likes, getting him comfortable, uh, getting him to his favorite formation, his favorite plays, quick to get a ball out of his hands, get some confidence going for him early. Early success for him is a huge plus. So in that regard, I would say that because this guy has played, because he's going through the process of running the team and coming out as the starter and going through all the media stuff and all that before. And it's, so all of that won't be that huge of a distraction for him. Now, the problem for him going to be is you lining up against other shoot in the SEC game. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's, that's where he go, you know, you know. 
have a little accident probably. Did you? Right <laughs> did, you <laughs> did you see? Did you see Mike Leach's quote this week where he said, um, uh, "He said they have some." This is what Mike Leach said this week, right? Or on Monday at his press conference, he said, "They have some new faces. I hope those new faces are worse than the guys who left. But intellectually, I know some will be better." <laughs> it's so good. Like I'm gonna love having that guy in the SEC. Oh, I mean, you have no idea, my friend. Oh, I love that. I love my boy Mike Lee. I'm telling you, baby. You better believe it. He knows, man. He's he's not stupid. He's not stupid. He knows what time it is. Yeah. That is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, receivers. Oh, who do you expect to have big days on Saturday? I mean, I, I expect Gilbert to have a big day. I expect the big tight end to show us um, exactly why he's rated as the number one highest ever tight end ever rated coming out. Like, I think he's gonna have a huge day. I think, um, I think the running backs would be interested to see what just different roles those guys play. Saturday, who who's the who's designated as the catching back? Uh, I'm thinking Emory, and you know what I mean. But who's going to be that miss that other mismatch problem for uh, or outlet for Miles um, in that regard? So I'm interested to see how Racy performs um, with his new role uh, being the true number two, in my opinion, at the receiving level. I'm interested to see how he performs, man, with that big body, that big frame, and can run and catch. Um, I'm looking for him to have a breakout year if he stays healthy. Really think Gilbert's going to live up to the hype? I do, man. I, I, do, mean, I do too, by the way. Yeah. I do, man. I do. There's nothing that I've seen or heard from whether it's coaches, trainers, other athletes that says anything different. All I, I tell you, all I hear is, man, you should have seen this catch. You should have seen this. You should have this. You should have that. You know what I mean? So, hell, I won't see it, baby. I know. I want to see it too, man. I'm, so I'm just so excited to see a game on Saturday. Are you going? I, I think I might pay a little attention to it. Well, no, are you going to the game? <laughs> I know. That's my way of saying yes. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the rules. Like, do you get a ticket? Do you have, do you get to sit in a suite somewhere? Like, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know how all that works. Yeah, me neither, but I'd be in there. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be in there because I'll be here for pregame with T Bob nah, and the scoreboard I'm, show. And then I'll be no, at uh, hey, you know, hey, I'll be at uh Don Juan Cigar Bar for whiskey and wine after the game. Me and Jordy sipping a little something, smoking a little cigar. Well, I don't know if the public can come this week. Um I'm not the public. I understand that. So maybe I'll maybe I'll I'll work a way to get you in there. We'll see. You know what I'm saying? I want to sip a little brandy, smoke a little cigar. <laughs> okay. Let's see if we can make that happen, all right? Jeez. <laughs> Do you want to come? Yeah, what you mean? Well, I mean, I don't know. It's, yeah. The I, boss, you, you simply, listen, you and Gordy made that happen. I know that. That's Gordy, one thing I do know. Gordy didn't make anything happen. That's what I know. Gordy didn't make he, anything well, happen. Not everything, because he still, still got that same chair in there. Same. Oh, the chair in the studio? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, Maybe he's not the guy for the job. <laughs> what? what? Shout out to G, man. I'll give him a shout out. He didn't deserve anything. Shout out, 
Shout out to G. Hey, before you go, yeah, you, give me a uh, prediction on the game. If you want to give a score, that's fine. But how do you think the game goes? I think I think the game goes. Defense is dominant. I think that Bo Pelini shows you exactly uh, what he does that attacking style on defense. I think that we start off a little slow on offense, but we but we're feeding the running back. I think we're feeding the running backs, and we're using the mismatch with Gilbert uh, on whoever, and getting the ball to Racy and Marshall. And I think that the final score will be somewhere in the neighborhood about, mm, I say about thirty to fourteen, something like that. Thirty to ten. I'll take it, man. Yeah. I'll take that all day. All right, Ro. And you know what? Yeah, and that's yeah. with Miles having like a really good day. You know what I mean? Like I don't like he for him early in my estimation, man, like he has to throw it has to be something like, you know, fifteen for twenty two or, you know, sixteen for twenty with, you know, two twenty, two touches, no innocent. You know, that's the the consistency you want to see him play with quick. And just get the ball out of his hands and let them boys work, man. Yeah. He has I mean, they got animals all over the field, baby. <laughs> well, we're all looking forward to seeing some of those animals on Saturday. I'm telling you. It is Locked on LSU, your team every day, brought to you by Built Bar and BuiltBar.com. If you're not done so yet, please subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate that greatly. Whatever platform you get your podcast, please subscribe. Locked on LSU. Tell your friends that we're here for about 20 minutes or so every day talking LSU fighting Tiger football. New bold projections are out. We'll update it to wrap up next. Locked on LSU, your team every day. Wrapping up another edition of the Locked on LSU podcast, your team every day. So uh, the announcement that the Big Ten is back in the mix for the college football season has alter, also altered bull projections for this coming postseason. Remember, the feeling that I had, sort of the conversation that I talked about with respect to this conversation was the fact that it, it really was a financial play with the SEC in that if you were going to get five teams potentially in the New Year's six, you get a payout, like a, a share between four and six million dollars for every team on that you get into the playoff. So you're talking about if you went from, say, maybe a, or the New Year's six as a whole, two or three to five. I mean, you're talking about having an extra three teams. It's an extra 12 to you know 18 million dollars. That's significant for conferences that are losing money this year. But now you bring the Big Ten back into the fold, and that has altered a lot of these bold projections. Uh, this was the USA Today projection that had as many as five or six SEC teams in the New Year's Six prior. Obviously, no Big Ten. Well, now with the Big Ten back in the mix, they've got Ohio State in the playoff. They've got Penn State in the Cotton Bowl and Wisconsin in the Fiesta Bowl. So the Big Ten, they now have taken three of those New Year's Six spots. If you're wondering, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, Bama, as the two semifinals, national championship, they project Ohio State, Alabama. And then uh, Cotton Bowl, Penn State against Texas A&M, so there's an SEC school. In the Peach, they've got Florida against Central Florida, so another SEC school. Then in the Orange, Notre Dame against Georgia, so yet another SEC school. So they project Bama, A&M, Florida, Georgia, those four, all in New Year's six games. The team that obviously gets bumped out, is LSU, who they have in the Citrus Bowl against Michigan. 
And while that would be a fun matchup to watch LSU and Michigan and Coach O against Jim Harbaugh and the winged helmets and the things that we, we've never seen LSU and Michigan play in football, they've never matched up before, which is astonishing. 126 years of LSU football, and they've never played Michigan. But we've all wanted to see that matchup. Maybe that would be when we see it. But we've, we've seen bold projections with LSU and Michigan before. But quite honestly, in my opinion, if LSU ends up in the Citrus Bowl and outside of the New Year's Six, that would be a massive disappointment especially with at least one spot open with the Pac-12 not playing and still to be determined if they can get back in the mix to play for this fall and for this bowl season. But for me, I've kind of laid it out there where I think LSU's baseline expectation should be New Year's Six. And in those years where everything falls your way, you're back in the playoff. But baseline expectation should be New Year's Six. And I'd say, let's see if LSU can maybe pick off A&M and end up in the Cotton Bowl or pick off Florida and end up in the Peach Bowl, if not the playoffs. So uh, just something worth keeping an eye how the sort of national landscape could be altered come bowl season. But the really good news is, prior to this, the only bowl projections that were out there were for the New Year's Six because you know a lot of the bowl project, a lot of the bowls are, are bowl tie-ins that involve Big Ten or Pac-12 schools. And if they're not playing, there may not be matchups for those bowls to happen. Well, now they've got, in addition to the New Year's Six, the Citrus, the Outback, the Camping World, the Music City, and the Texas Bowl. So you're starting to see that list grow. So the postseason that we'll see for college football is expanding um, closer to what we might have expected prior. All right, that's going to do it for us here on a Wednesday edition of the Locked in LSU podcast brought to you by Built Bar and BuiltBar.com. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, order yours at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On to save $10 off your next order. Until tomorrow, it is Locked in LSU, your team every day.